Today's topic is going to be a little bit different. This is called how to effectively market yourself and your business to the masses. When I say the masses, I'm referring to people that are out there that are above ground who want to improve themselves to some degree and who are not so satisfied that they really have no reason to get up out of bed and do anything because all of us as humans want more than we've got. We want to be more than we are. So to the extent that we can imagine and picture and dream, whether it's a bridge that you see for the first, there's no bridge and then you see a bridge and you imagine what would that bridge be like whether it's that versus you know, having an impact of some kind, you make a change. That means other people who are connected and see you and see what you've done, even if they don't know who you happen to be, they can benefit from that. And it's called making progress. And for a lot of people, that's really hard. People that are steeped in the status quo wanna keep things the way they are. Obviously, why? Because they're doing well. Uh, people who want to make things better are always going to use the status quo and then improve it. And that's why, of course, there's always resistance to improvement because all the people who want things to stay the old way because they're benefiting from that or it's easy, don't want things to change too much. But as we go on, we change things to make it better. And I just want to tell you a couple stories of people that have done that to help you figure out why do some people stay the course and seem to make it work and I don't, okay? Um, there's just a quote from Roseanne Barr. She is a, I, th I think she's still above ground. She had a program years ago called Roseanne. I mean, this is like 20, 25, 30 years ago. And she wrote a book about her stories and trials and tribulations in Hollywood. She created this show called Roseanne. And people who were there, the producers and other people, wanted to claim credit for it. And she didn't want to give it to them. This was like in the first you know, five years of that show's success. This is way before all the political hullabaloo five years ago. And her book describes the process, the journey, and how she won because she cared the most about it, because it was her creation, see? So this is a very important thing to keep in mind because it's not just them caring, it's also you caring. I want to tell you a story about Henry Ford. I've been reading his book here, My Life. You see it here? Can you guys see the book, My Life? There it is. Every page is marked in yellow and every page has got something on it. Uh, My Life and Work, Autobiography of Henry Ford. And he built, in the early 1900s, he built what they call the Model T. That's what he called it. And at that time, when he incorporated his car company in, I don't know, was it the late 1800s in the 90s or maybe the early 1900s, there were 57 other car makers that's who he was up against. And of course, he ended up being the one that was left standing. What happened is, in the early 1900s, there were people who had built cars, but they were very high-end and they were seen by the general public. A car was something for people who were wealthy. That's all the car was for. For normal people, there would be no car because it was way too expensive. The way they manufactured cars in the old days is they would put all the parts in the middle of a place, wherever it was going to be, and then they would bring 16 or 20 men who knew how to build the different pieces and build one at a time. That was the process. That's one reason they were so expensive because it was kind of an inefficient way to do it. But that's what people knew at the time. So Ford had grown up on a farm and he believed that if they could have a farmers, people who lived on a farm, 
could have a car and or a tractor for carrying and transporting stuff. Uh, that this would be very helpful to the common man, many of whom were farmers, so that life would be better and easier for them. And it's probably because he did grow up on a farm. You know, if you're, if you just have horses or, you know, manpower, <laughs> plow, you're going to be, if you guys have ever tried to even mow your yard, some people are wailing about, oh my God, the grass, mm, try, you know, plowing the earth. That's pretty tough. And so he wanted to build something that people on the farms could use, like a tractor to pull and carry stuff. And he also thought that the common person, he was very much a promoter of the common man. He saw himself as a common man, never saw himself as anyone rich, even though he had accumulated massive wealth. He saw himself as a common man and he wanted to make life better and easier for the common man. That was his thing, okay? Man and woman, obviously. So he thought that expensive cars don't serve the common man, so he wouldn't make them even when he could. So what happened is over the next 30 years, he said, we took what was a luxury, the car in the beginning, right? And turned it into a necessity for the common man. So his philosophy was, I'm going to build something to pull and carry for the common man, which means it has to be affordable and can't be a piece of trash, right? And make it so that the common man can have it and want it so much that it becomes a necessity for them. And the way he was going to do that is, is a certain philosophy that he developed for manufacturing, which is today called the assembly line. And everybody does it now, but in those days, there was no assembly line except for farmers when they had hogs and they had all the hogs going down the assembly line, I guess, you know, when you have all the animals that are there going down the, whatever they call that railing there. They had nothing like an assembly line for cars. So because of his mission, of having the common man have something like a car to help them move stuff and drag stuff, he decided he was going to make it a necessity, which means it has to be affordable by the common man. Okay. And so it's that caring, that mission for him that over the next 30 years led him to number one, develop ways of manufacturing to make affordable cars for most Americans assembly line. And then of course he only had black model T's and it made him a wealthy man and a very much beloved personality by the masses and people, you know, in Detroit and throughout Michigan, but all around the world really, because all of them had his car, including John Rockefeller. You know, so that's what, that's the story here. And his cause was I'm going to build something because he was interested in machines and, you know, being on the farm, he saw what kinds of machines could maybe do, put a motor on some kind of a plow and push it better. He th thought that the common man should have this rather than a wealthy few people. There was no car for the common man. In other words, affordable car. His cars, when they started, by the way, were like $400, $500, dollars Other cars at the time were three or $4,000 which that's kind of, if you take a Range Rover today, what are they, 75 grand? And a regular car, which like a Chevy or something, or a Toyota, what is it, maybe 20, 25 grand? So he saw himself as a common man, and he decided, I'm going to build something that a common person, a regular person can use, and it's going to be affordable, so affordable that they won't want to live without it. See, 
very much think about Bezos. Jeff Bezos has the same idea. You are all on Prime, for those of you that use Prime shipping, because you can't stand not to be on Prime because you can order everything two-day air and not pay anything extra. This is called marketing with the benefit of the other person in your mind first. And a lot of people have bought Prime so they can order something three times a day. But you see, they're ordering three times a day. But they get the satisfaction of knowing everything comes in two days because they paid for the Prime once, right? What I'm trying to say to you is that what kept him going was this goal. He's going to come out with a car that is going to be extra good and affordable so that a common person can buy it and use it. And that's what they did. That's exactly what happened. And from that cause, he developed efficient ways of manufacturing. And that's what they did in his book. He describes it. It's just eye popping. So many mistakes, so many screw ups. And they just said, you know, if we can get this part better and this part, if we make, if we have nine people doing this job and now we can only use three people and we take those six and put them someplace else to create something else that's better and faster. Uh, they ended up selling hundreds of thousands of cars per month, every month out of those Detroit manufacturing facilities that he had. And they were affordable by the, the so-called common man. Because his belief was that man without a machine is a slave. And a man plus a machine is a free man. And that's him. That's the cover of his book. And I just wanted you to really see this quote because that is what drove him. Not, oh, am I going to get rich? Or, oh, am I going to have a mansion on the hill? Or, you know, money to the people who have earned the most of it, that has never been number one. Now, of course, if you're living on the street, you need enough to be able to get indoors, at least in somebody's basement on somebody's couch, right? We got that part. But I don't think any of you here are living without a roof over your head. And when you have the basics pretty much down, then you can afford to think about what's that thing that drives you to make you do what you do to what is the core thing that you've got where you say, you know, I want to write this wrong or I want to make this option available. Man needs a machine. That was how he, remember 1900s. So we need machines. Why? To carry stuff. So we don't have to be like the horse. We want to have something else to carry stuff. And so when you have a machine, you're a free man because you can automate, right? You can do a lot more than what you can do yourself. So this was how he became wealthy because this mission drove him specifically that all men and women should have a machine to help them carry, schlep. And of course, because of the cars, they built roads, right? And what did that mean? Well, they built the suburbs. <laughs> People could get away from the center of town. So these are things you want to think about for yourself, for the business that you're doing. Why? What's the reason that you have that's really bigger than the immediate income from it? Or that is bigger than, I don't know, getting recognition on stage? Because what happens is people quit because they don't have anything like this. Why? Because people were sold. Oh, it's easy. Anyone can do it, right? Remember, who cares the most wins. And what he cared the most about was giving what he said, the common man, a car, because they would be able to do things with it, with a machine that they couldn't do otherwise. And he wanted to make the common man's life easier. That was his mission. And that was what he did. So not first about the money. 
The money comes from the doing that comes from the caring. See? And I don't mean caring as in, oh, pobrecita. No, no, no. It means this really matters to me and I want to do something in my lifetime to see if I can either create it, fix it, change it, right? Any of those things. You're definitely going to change the status quo. In fact, one of Steve Jobs' goals initially with Apple was to change the status quo of gadgets to make them easier to use and more beautiful and faster. And people bought his stuff because they couldn't stand the status quo. And that's why they bought his stuff. He didn't make the Apple computer so he could make a lot of money. You see that, and that's the key. That's what you want to find in yourself. And I'll just tell you personally, we have the ESS program. It's been running, I think a couple of years now. And I've created many programs over the years. You go to kimclaveracademy.com and you'll see, I don't know, a couple dozen of them. But it comes from a conviction that I've had for almost 30 years that pretending that the business is easy, that it's easy to earn income when, when we know very well it isn't, that this is causing big self-esteem issues in the mostly women members in our industry. Remember, the network marketing industry has, I don't know, 10, 15 million people, according to the DSA, the Direct Selling Association, and 80% of those people are women. And so I'm one of those. And don't get me wrong, we love the, the boys, and a lot of the guys have the same issue, by the way. So it's not just, but it's a big deal that when you, when you tell people it's easy to earn the money, all you have to do is, and people, particularly women, see that but from guys in front of the room. And remember, in, historically, the men have been the money earners. You know, you can do all the me too and you want, but I'm here to tell you that over the years, the breadwinners are, have basically been the guys, the women. We hold up the other end of it, got the kids, the community, blah, blah, blah. And things have changed, but not really that much. If somebody's going to go out and shoot for bear, it's probably not going to be the mom with three kids on her back. Now, there are examples and exceptions, I mean, but generally speaking, she's going to be home and have dinner ready or however she's going to do that and make sure the kids grow up not to be crazy people. So it's the roles are still pretty much, you know, they're, they're changing. Nonetheless, when the men get up in front of the room and say, here's how you make money, here's how you earn income, and it's easy to do it, and they're wearing their Gucci belts with their fondling with their little belt buckles, and that's the only good thing they've got in their closet, women have believed that. They did. They believed, oh, it must be easy, because there's the guys, the people who make our money say it's easy, it must be. And because most of the women who come into our industry don't have any experience in business. I mean, very few have built a business, have ever had a 100% commission sales gig, like in real estate, for example. Very few are stock brokers. It's not to say that there are none, but almost none. And because they don't have experience, they kind of, they fall for it. and say, oh yeah, it must be easy. So all you do is talk to three people, you gotta get rich. But in fact, over the years, very few earn anything meaningful. So this is a problem. You know, I think it's a great big problem because to me, I deal with, I've dealt with thousands of moms and dads and their self-esteem is in the tank. By the time I get them, people are ready to quit and they think it must be them. And it isn't. 
it's that they sold you a bill of goods. It is not easy. Anyone cannot do it. If they could, they would. And if it were so easy to make 10 grand a month, then how come 95% of the people in the industry quit? So I wanted to end this source of unhappiness. That is how I started from my very first tape that I did in 1996 called So You Want to Be a Networker. And you can go back there and the principles are all there from, you know, that's like 25, 30 years. I have found that the self-esteem issues that are in part driven by misrepresenting how easy it is to make income in network marketing, it shows up in a lot of other parts of people's lives. Their kids, their, how they look, they just kind of think, well, I, right, I'm the only one who can't do this. And so they feel crappy. This is not something our industry should be contributing to. We don't want to contribute to the unhappiness of people because their self-esteem is in the tank because they were misled and they had no reason to know any better, right? This is my take on it, okay? That's my cause. I'm just telling you, you can agree or not agree. <laughs> That's what drives me, okay? So we have a, the change of our program is we're teaching people, yes, it's possible to do this for sure. And so instead of coming from who can I get, who can I get, so we get some people and make some money, the whole focus is who can I help instead of who can I get? Where you focus on what your niche is, who the people are. Like Henry Ford's niche was the common man. He was building cars for them, not for the rich. He also didn't build big trucks, although they built tractors. He didn't build motorcycles. They built a car for the common person. That was his niche, okay? And so we're focused on who can you help? Why? Because women are helper healers. That's what a lot of women like to do. And a lot of men like to do that too, help, contribute. So how can, with what you do, be it the business or whatever your product or service does, how, how does that help somebody get from A to B, depending on what they want, right? How to be seen as an advisor instead of a seller. And by advisor, I don't mean that you know every ingredient in the product. That's not an advisor. An advisor is somebody who can say, somebody says, well, you have a weight uh, loss type program. And the person can say, yeah, I've tried all these different ways to lose weight. I don't really know exactly what to do. And the advisor is going to say, so what have you done so far? Well, I've tried starving myself. I've tried, I don't know, intermittent fasting, you know, digestive resting. Or I've tried, uh, I went to a fat farm, right? So the advisor, first of all, listens to what have you done so far? So you get, so you get some idea of what this person has done versus saying, well, if these nine things you've done, I don't know what they are, but here's my thing and it's great. That's a seller. See, that demonstrates that you don't have a clue about other options. How could you be an advisor if you can't even listen to what they've tried before, right? So I've tried all these things and then you can say, well, let me, tell you how this works because it's the path you see that you're going to offer when you learn that you're selling the path to an outcome. Why? Because if you to take weight, want to look fit and healthy and sexy. Yep. I want to do that. I've tried nine diets. What did you try? Well, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then you could listen to all of them. Chances are very good that your specific path is not one that they've done before. So if you want to go from say, big as a barn to, you know, nice and slinky and fit looking. That is a goal that most of the Western world has. So the idea of losing weight is not interesting 
everybody seems to want to lose weight, right? And be more sexy and all this stuff. So what you're offering that's different is the way to get there. It's the path to it. So for example, if somebody says, well, you know, I tried this starving and I counted calories. Right? If you go to the Golden Door, that's what they used to do. You pay 10 grand a week to learn how to count calories a long time ago. Uh, so we know better now, but that's what they knew at that time, right? And so what you could say, well, you know, this is for people. We too have a path to get from big as a barn to skinny and fit, right? Or 10 pounds over to no pounds over or fat belly to skinny belly. We, we all, there are hundreds of people who say they can help with this transformation. So get that in your head. And the advisor can say, well, let me show you the path that we have and see if that suits you. And the person goes, really? Okay, so what's this path? How, how do I get from big as a barn to a slinky minky? And you say, well, this path requires is for somebody who knows that they have to change what they eat. They can't be going to the grocery store and buying the same food. They can't be going to the same restaurants, can't be going to Denny's like they used to. It's for people who know that. So tell me if you're up for that or not. You see, you've given a path without the details versus, well, this is for people who really know they have to stop eating for five days in a row. That would be selling a water fast, let's say. So you take, you think what is your approach versus the many other approaches that your clients and that other human beings have available and you offer yours and tell why you happen to choose that. You will end up with people who want that path. It has nothing to do with the money. It's about helping a person get on a path that you believe because you know firsthand has helped a lot and could help that person. That's how you become an advisor. And then they say yes, because, oh my gosh, we, we did a program a couple of years ago, an experimental program, and that was the nature of the program. I think we put in, I don't know, a couple hundred people in three months maybe. And that was what we did. We never said it's the best or that it's the cheapest or the most expensive. It was nothing about any of that. It was for people who know that this is, it's time to do this. Is that everyone? No. But is it enough? to sign up two or 300 people and get to the top of the pay plan, the very top thing that they had in the world in like 90 days. Yep. Okay. The third thing we're about is we automate the very painful and time sucking process of approaching everyone as if they were your prospect. They are not, they never have been. No one is your prospect. They're your nothing. Really. You have to get over this idea that you're owed anything. People have issues, we don't know what they are, and I would never recommend talking to everybody and saying, hey, what's your issue, maybe I can help you. I mean, that's how it used to be formed, they called it at Amway. And so you talk about these things and somebody always has a problem with their family or they also always have a problem with the time that they have to go on vacation. And so you say, well, we can fix this. But you see here, what we're doing is, we're looking for people, when you're in a business, like Henry Ford, you start with who is it that you're looking for? He's looking for the common man. He's going to build something that the common person can use that will work and doesn't break down every three weeks. And so you're thinking, okay, so if we have people who take the yes, who am I looking for? Somebody who has been doing the business. We, we never look for new people. Why? They're full of bubbly and happy and they haven't got seasoned yet. So we look for people that have been in the business for two or three years. Why? They know the problems. That's why. So we look for those people. 
and we look for people who feel like sellers, people who say they have lost their friends, people who don't want to pretend to make friends in order to make a sale. You know, this so-called relationship marketing. What is that? It's a complete misrepresentation to me, a complete misrepresentation of why you want the friendship. You really want a business deal. Why don't you say that up front? Get over it. Get done with it. You take people to lunch. Say, hey, what? I'm, I'm buying lunch. You are? Yeah. Why are you buying lunch? What's the, what's the agenda? Hey, you tell them. Here's the agenda. I got something I want to run by you. I want your honest to goodness feedback. Tell me what you think. And if you'll let me do that, I'll buy you lunch. That's it. What is there? What's the hang up? They either are going to say yes or no, but you've been up front. I'm buying. And there's a reason. I got an agenda. I tell you right now, I want to try this thing. I want your reaction. So if you're up for it, I'll, I'm buying. Where do you want to go? Right? So I'm looking for people who have been through the mill. They know it isn't working, but they know they think they can if there's just another way to do it. And one of those ways is who can I help? How can I be an advisor? How can I give people a little questionnaire set that's very cleverly weighted and that we've developed, well, I don't know, over 28, 29 years now, but now it's all automated so that you get people booking on your calendar who are 90% of the way in because you've, the questionnaires, the, the questions that they ask, that they are asked and the values that they are asked to say, do you share this value? Yes or no. Right. Would you rather be an advisor than a seller? When people say yes to that, that's if they say, nah, I just soon sell stuff because I need to make quick money. They're going to flunk out. They won't ever appear on your calendar. People who say, oh, I'd never do network marketing. They never will appear on your calendar. Why? Because if you have given somebody the, the, the what we call the readiness ritual, which they like because there's no pressure from you, and you like because you don't spend any time, you take it and you either get a calendar appointment or you don't, or you, and you get the information back about them either way, then by the time you talk to them, when you're all set to say, okay, great, here's, put your card over here or give it to me or however you're going to do it, they're not going to say, oh, is this one of those things? I'm not going to do that. And you've just wasted not only time, but emotional energy wasted it because you didn't know that about the people. So we take out, have the people say yes or no before you ever hear from them. And everybody's happy. There's no stress around it. That's it. That's what we do. And this is how I can take a company. We did what, eight years ago in the card company, we signed up, I think 320 people, one number one in the number one and number two. And that's precisely what we did. I think we had like eight questions, six, seven, eight questions. And that's why, why? Because why should we go through the painful time, complete time suck? Oh, it takes so long. You that are trying to develop relationships so you can sell them a $50 item. Do you know how much time you're spending trying to pretend to be nice and then hopefully in three weeks you're gonna invite them to something? You gotta be kidding. Be straight. Hey, I help people who yada, yada, yada. If you know anyone, let me know, right? You just gotta figure out who you help, what's your niche, what's your edge, what's different about that? Learn to communicate it, learn to make an offer, offer people a little click-through thing that they can go through by themselves without pressure from you. And you either get them on your calendar and you can you learn how to talk to them so they say, yes, sign up or not. <laughs> we had somebody today who used a, her, her automate, automated screening system, I think for the first or second time, 
and signed up a couple, two, three people for her own personal program. A few hundred bucks, you know? So this is what we're about. We didn't know if it would make money. I frankly didn't care. I thought, you know, I can probably survive on pretty small amount of money because I'm pretty, pretty clever about how, where to live and what to do and not be wasteful, right? But it happened that it did make money because I've been doing it for so long, right? And I've had the same, I have the same cause today that I had then. I can't believe they're telling these women this because I go to all the meetings. Don't think I don't go to the meetings. I have gone to tons of meetings. And the stuff they say from the front of the room, I can hardly stand it. And people believe it. You see, but it isn't really true. And so what I'd rather be true and show how to, because the network marketing model does work. But you can't pretend go around telling people how easy it is to make money when it isn't, and particularly in today's world. You know what I mean? They're, everybody and their mom has some kind of deal that they want to show you. So this is my why. This is why I keep doing this stuff. And now we have hundreds of people in. We have people coming in almost every single day, and it's high ticket. We're talking close to, you know, this is a five-figure deal. Now, there are other programs that are more high ticket. There are a lot of programs that are 20, 25,000. This is still a little bit south of 10 grand. And people, some people here, I'm telling you now, are going to go, oh, who would ever pay that? The people who have been here, who have done the business for years and years, it's not easy. They cannot stand it. They have self-esteem issues. It falls into their lives everywhere, but they think they really can. Those are the ones that come into our program because they know there's got to be some way to do it. And then they get to see the kinds of things that we offer. We talk about these differences, the shifts. Who can you help versus who can you get? Would you want to be an advisor versus a seller? Do you want to automate this whole process of spending all your time going for no? you got to be crazy, not me, never. I just don't want to do it. But you can. I mean, if you want to do that, you can. But time is all we have. And so you take a lot of painful time and a lot of misery because they all say no. Most of them say no. Why do you think 95% of the people quit? You see. So these were the things that drove me to do this. And now because of it, our YesS program is doing pretty well. Because we have a lot of people in it and we have... I would say a third of the people that are coming in are coming in from referrals from other people. I am telling you this because if you feel like there's something in you and your program that you market, whether it's the products or the services or the business, is something where you can go, you know, I, I really think I could make a difference in the lives of these kinds of people with this, then that is the thing that will drive you long enough to stay the course, to develop whatever methods and approaches you need to, to find those people, because you know they're out there. But if your primary goal is to see if you can qualify this month and how many positions you need to buy product for so you can do that, this is probably not gonna be as motivational. Because what happens is after you do this a few months, you spend all your earnings filling the empty holes. And those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. It's very common in businesses to do that. So you can say you qualified at the events. I qualified, you know, eight times in a row. 
but you spent all kinds of money doing it, less than what you earned to get on stage. And then you realize, hey, this is kind of a farce. I don't, I don't want to do this. So I'm letting you know that when you don't have the right mission, you will end up doing things that you're sorry for either because you lost a lot of money or because you gave people the impression that it was a lot easier than it is. And I don't think people end up wanting to feel like that. So it's because of that, that we are here offering an alternative. And that's why it's very difficult to, if the only reason that you're doing it is because you thought it was going to be quick money and it isn't, you won't last. So you need to find, because it isn't easy and it is never going to get easy. Why? Because there are 500 people, different companies selling weight loss. Everything we market in our industry, there's someone else who has it, hundreds of others who have it, not only individuals and network marketing companies, but go to Amazon. You'll find half the stuff we have on Amazon or on eBay and for less money without a monthly ownership required. So you have to figure out what's the change that I can affect to make another person's life better than it is. And when you can connect your program to that, so it's an extension of who you really already are and what you want to achieve in your life, then the YES program can totally help you bring that to the masses. And of those people, find those people who would do anything to be part of your team, to be part of what you're doing. Because people all seek meaning in life. And money is not meaning. What happens is you go through the meaning, you help change your life, and then people want to pay you for that. People love to pay when their lives are changed. You're going to get a heart job, you're going to pay 100 grand and not think twice. You got a tumor on your brain, you want to live, you're going to pay 300 grand. You're going to sell everything you've got for that. But if it's just a mow the lawn, well, you could do it yourself, right? So you want to think of what's that thing that really drives you and you know, what you can do is if you want to see if this could work for you, many times it's a cause you want to write. You know, it's something that you want to make better so people have a better life because you had a problem, some kind of less pain like what Henry Ford did. So just think about how could your business be an extension of the core that you are about, that you want to contribute to this world while you're here. And if you, like I said, if you want to, at the bottom there, uh, see where it says maxout.com forward slash talk. Maxout, M-A-X-O-U-T dot com forward slash talk, T-A-L-K. Go click there and you'll see a calendar. What will happen is you'll see on the top right of the page, you'll see something that's a secret weapon. It's a 12-minute video. Watch that before you book and then book. And you'll talk to somebody, uh, one of our specialists, 10 or 15 minutes, and we are very good at saying no first, so don't even worry about that. We only pick people. That's why there's a selection process. We only choose people that we think, number one, you've got a problem. Number two, we think we can help with that problem. Number three, you realize that there is a problem. And number four, you figure that probably, if you don't get some help with that problem, it's gonna stay the way it is. Those are the criteria. That's how we choose. You got a problem? You know you got a problem. We think we can help with that problem. We don't always, are not always able to help. And we'll tell you, we, we can't help you. What you should do is probably go to this course or that course or this book or that book or give you a free training or something. 
And number four, you know that you have got this problem and that if you don't change it, your life is not going to change. Those are the criteria. And then, of course, you have to be creative about getting your financial resources together. If you want to change your life, it's like getting a heart job. It's not a cheap date. But you change who you are. You're not getting a bunch of videos and then you're going to sit there. Picture the caterpillar to the butterfly. It's we all are transforming. I transform every day. Every day I read a new book, a new piece, and I put it into my life. I put it into what I'm like what I'm giving you here. I'm a different person right this minute than I was yesterday at this time. Because I hadn't finished this book and I haven't taught you what drove Henry Ford's success. But now I did. And now I can add that to some other things that I can do in the future. So I'm metamorphizing, so to speak, every hour of my life to be better at this thing that I'm doing. Just remember, Steve Jobs, the Google boys, Henry Ford, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, they were all, they're all driven by some bigger thing that they thought about and that they are about in their lives. And when that happens and then you figure out, oh, you know, to make this happen, I could do this or I could do this. Or you take your business and figure out how that fits in or choose one where that does fit in so you can flower really to be that source of light for the next person. Those are the people we want to help. That's who we're looking for. So if that juices you up, just go to maxout.com forward slash talk. Talk to one of the folks. And in the meantime, hopefully this is helpful so that you see where the resources come from and the, the staying power comes from the thing that you want to achieve. That's what it comes from. And if you don't achieve it right away, the last thing you do is quit. I mean, I think Henry Ford went through, oh, what do you say, nine or 11 different models? Oh, they had all kinds of problems. You wouldn't even, oh, horrible. <laughs> Read the book. But because his mission was, we are going to build a car that the common man will be able to use and that they will see as a necessity because it's going to be so useful. He just kept right on going because it's the mission that drives you. It's not the book. And if you have any doubt, you can see whether you're doing the business or not. If you're just looking for the money and you'd find every day that you haven't done anything, that's why. Yeah. You've got to care about something. And sometimes we forget what to care about. We, it's not the next house payment or the rent payment, no. You sit down with yourself and you say, what could I do to make the world a better place of all the things that you can do? And take who you are, remember? You all have something. Everybody is a little bit different. Everybody has something they can give. And what you wanna figure out is what that is and then don't be afraid of the journey. You think I haven't been banged on? You gotta be kidding. I mean, I think, Everybody in the industry that's a major player has said, I'm so afraid of Kim Claver. Why? Well, because she, well, number one, she has a really high ticket program and, you know, our people sign up for it. And, and, and she says that duplication is nonsense, which it is, except for the machinery. I mean, the, in terms of duplication, the way they use it, which is, well, just don't do anything that other people can't do. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, there's probably nobody who does what I do. Eric Worre, my old friend, he likes to say that. Don't do anything other people can't do. Well, who's done what he's done? What You think about him. Now, we've known each other for 28 years. We started in NSA together when it was called NSA, the water filter company. And about, I think, seven years ago or so, he decided 
he wanted to be kind of a teacher to the network marketing industry. And so what he did is he started videos from home. You should see some of the old ones. They're the cutest thing. And he had, a, Eric has a, a wonderful, good, big giving heart. I've known him, like I said, for many years. But what did he do? He did daily videos. Could you do it? Yeah. Are you doing it? Probably not. Did I make a video every day? No. Could you do what I'm doing? Probably. Will you do it? Depends on whether this is your medium and you want to get good at it. But he did videos, I think, 700 or 800 days in a row. And people got used to it and got, so can you do that? Well, I guess maybe you could. Is that so quote unquote duplicable? Well, if it is, nobody has done it. So who, nobody's going to follow that particular path. Nobody follows my path. I mean, I have friends at the tops of a lot of companies. Nobody gets there the same way. Now ask them. Some people do cold market. Some people do warm market. Some people stand on the street corners. Some people do Facebook. Some people do LinkedIn. Some people do, some people just talk to people like normal, like on the phone, you know? There are a lot of ways to do this. There's nobody whose behavior can be duplicated. Nobody whose experience, whose background, whose history, whose motivation, whose drive. None of that. Whose smile. You can't even quote unquote duplicate that. The only thing that's duplicable in the business is any pay plan. You get three people who put in this much money, you'll earn this much at this level. That's hardly how you get them in. And isn't that the game? How do you make them want to come to you? So they want to work with you because they're on par and on a level with you on with the mission that you have and they want to be part of that. That's what we have on our team. That's why it's such a great team, the yes people and the people that are in the program because we all share that mission. We know it isn't right what they're doing. And so we want to make the model work for those of us who know that business-wise it can be a fabulous model. We just not got to BS people about how easy it is to make income because it's just not true. And shorten the time that it takes to find the right people. In our case, you get 10 people coming in on your calendar and you talk to 10 of them, let's say, or nine, say one doesn't show up. Six or seven are going to sign up. That's what we've done. Whereas today you have to get leads and talk to a hundred of them. And then after you talk to, you know, get three dead people and 84 people that have, have their phone disconnected, you might get one maybe. Do you want to spend your time like that? Be my guess. But if you have a mission, you don't have time for that. Do you? All right. That's what I got for you. Go to maxout.com forward slash talk and connect with one of our specialists and see if we can help you. And if we can't, we'll suggest what you can do. And otherwise, I hope you enjoyed this. It's Kim, Kim Flavor. See ya.